You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge on the Mighty 1290 Coil, the Mighty1290Coil.com, and the Mighty 1290 Coil mobile app. Once again, here's Sean McGuire. Hi, this is Alan Hager, and I'm sitting in for Sean McGuire this week. Sean is in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and will join us a little bit later in the show. And right now we're talking Medicaid expansion and what it means not only to you as a consumer of health care, but also to the state of Nebraska and other conservative states that have not taken those dollars afforded to them by the federal government. And as I mentioned before the break, we were, talk, we were going to have Secretary Burwell talk uh, through a clip uh, where she was talking about uh, states like Indiana and Utah who have accepted dollars and have made uh, changes to what the federal government has asked those states to do. So go ahead with the clip, and here we go. The other number that Jerry and I watch closely, and I'm sure you do too, is the number of states that have opted into the Medicaid yeah. expansion. And uh, under your administration at HHS, you've had some big wins in that. You've struck some very interesting and groundbreaking deals with states such as Indiana. Do you see more states coming on board with arrangements like the one that you reached with Governor Pence? Um, I am hopeful that that will happen. And the reason that I am uh, an optimist, I'm an optimist by nature, but the reason I am on this issue is that I believe the, the substance and the numbers um, are about and what will lead people to make that decision to come in as governors like Governor um, Pence in Indiana, Governor Kasich in Ohio, Pennsylvania, which has come in during my time was when it was a Republican governor. And the reason is, is when you start to look at it, okay, so what's this about? This is about financial and economic security for individuals, and many of these people are working folks. So in a number of the states, the people that this would expand to are people who have jobs and are working, but don't have health care. So you know, what that means in terms of those individuals, in terms of their financial security and their health security as individuals. The second piece, though, is what it means economically. And I think you know, the best example of that is the work that was done by Deloitte and the University of Louisville in Kentucky. And that analysis showed that for the state of Kentucky, and you, know, you can size Kentucky relative to some of the other states that we're having conversations with. Um, what that state found was that uh, it would be the creation of 40,000 jobs over the period till 2021 by, caused by expansion in the state of Kentucky, as well as $30 billion coming into the state coffers uh, for Kentucky. And so I think the economics of that, both for a state and as we you know, see the pressure on rural hospitals and smaller hospitals, having that change in uncompensated care will be important. So I think for those reasons, we can make some progress. All right. So the Secretary of Health and Human Services, uh, Sylvia Burwell, they're talking about a Medicaid expansion and states that did not accept those dollars and what that means to uh, those states in the form of economic loss. And... What happens to those states that don't take Medicaid expansion dollars? Well, here in Nebraska, state, according to some research done uh, by uh, the McCook Gazette and other uh, newspapers here in Nebraska, said that the state would have to increase spending from 4% to 27% in 2020. And the feds would increase their share of spending in the state of Nebraska to over $450 million in 2020. Now, 
two University of Nebraska Kearney researchers estimated, and this was done. This research uh, was reported and dropped out uh, here in March that one billion dollars. That's B, a billion with a B, in economic benefits would come to the state of Nebraska if Medicaid was expanded. Also, that would create over 5,000 new jobs in the state of Nebraska and that there would be considerable savings by cutting the silent taxes that are paid through high premiums, which are used to cover the uninsured. And let's make no mistake about it, you pay a high premium not because the insurance company wants you to, but because you have to pay for those who don't have insurance and continue to not have insurance, uh, you're always going to pay higher. It's like if you uh, had an automobile and you, in the state of Louisiana, for example, they have a very high uninsured motorist rate. You pay higher premiums in the state of Nebraska or in the state of Louisiana on your car because of all of those who are uninsured that own automobiles. So you pay more for your health insurance because of people who don't have health insurance. And even though the federal government has created a penalty for health insurance and not carrying it, the penalty is not stiff enough for those who don't have it to actually go out and get it. It also means that medical-related bankruptcies would drop and reduce spending due to financial hardships. Well, I can tell you this. As someone who was originally against Medicaid expansion in the state of Nebraska, when I see $1 billion in economic benefits and savings would come through all of these different mechanisms and would lower premiums in the state of Nebraska, it ha I have a hard time not supporting it. And another thing, when we start talking about Medicaid expansion, we start talking about our rural hospitals. Rural hospitals are the backbone of our state. The rural economy is the backbone of our state. Over 70% of our economics in the state of Nebraska is driven by agriculture or some form of it. So rural Nebraska is the most important part of our state. It's what drives our state. If we were not to take Medicaid expansion dollars, there are at least 72 hospitals, according to research done by Kaiser and other foundations and other researchers that say those hospitals are running very thin margins and could eventually close in the state of Nebraska because of the lack of Medicaid dollars. Now, with that being said, 35% of all rural hospitals in the state of Nebraska, as well as the country, run at some type of loss. Well, what does that mean to you as a uh, consumer of health care? That means that eventually you're going to either have to travel further if your hospital closes or your insurance, uh, your insurance rates are going to go up to make up for those loss of dollars in some way, shape, or form. Now, we here in Omaha and across the state of Nebraska just went through an insurance battle between CHI and Blue Cross Blue Shield. Now, you tell somebody in... Schuyler, Nebraska, that they can't see their doctor, so they have to travel to Columbus or they have to travel to another city in, uh, you know, 20, 30, 40 miles away to see their doctor. That's going to increase the cost of insurance. Now, what happens if a hospital closes? Well, I can tell you if you have a heart attack, it's very likely you're not going to make it because they have to take you twice as far to get to the hospital when the first 20 minutes 
is the most important time. That first hour is the most important hour. It's the silver hour. It's the golden hour. You have got to be get get to a hospital and get treatment as soon as possible. Well, if you have to travel for that ain't going to happen, folks. And so why aren't we taking those Medicaid expansion dollars? Well, some say, you know, stick to the guns of it's going to raise taxes. It's going to do this or that. Well, folks, if we're creating 5,000 new jobs by Medicaid expansion and we're raising over $1 billion in economic benefits, people are paying more in taxes. People are paying more in sales taxes. People are paying more in the restaurant tax. If you're here in Omaha and you love to go out to eat, which means the pensions for the fire and police departments are taken care of. So at the end of the day, Medicaid expansion could be good. That's what I'm trying to get at. It's going to shore up the bottom line for some of these hospitals that are, that, that are facing very thin margins and could go broke and go close. We had one in 2010 that closed, Tilden, Tilden Hospital in Tilden, Nebraska. Kansas has had one. The state of Texas has had over 12 in the last five years close. And if you look at the states that aren't closing, it is, or the states that uh, haven't accepted Medicaid expansion dollars, and there's 21 of them, at the end of the day, they're facing the biggest problem of all, and that is the possible death of rural America. I'm serious about that. At the end of the day, rural America is what drives our country. It's what drives the food production for the world. You take away the hospital, which is usually the largest employer in some of those uh, small towns, you're going to kill off a lot of those small towns by the hospital closing. So what does that mean for insurance? Well, at the end of the day, you're only going to have two or three options to choose from for your insurance, which means limited networks. Some of these insurance companies may actually want some of these hospitals to close because at the end of the day, if they have the hospitals closed, that limits the network for those insurance companies, which if they're merging like they are, and we're going to talk about this after the break, you've got Aetna and Humana merging, and you have Cigna and uh, Anthem merging. Well, what does that do to the cost of health insurance for the consumer? At the end of the day, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's not much different than rural health care. If you limit the network and you limit the number of doctors and facilities you can go to, there's only one thing that can happen, and that's the cost of insurance is going to go up. I hate to say it, but that's what I see happening over the next two or three years. When you take uh, five and you go to three, and there's talk of Aetna wanting to buy United Healthcare Group, and you could take the top five and go to two, just like they've done in the airline industry. They've went from, you know, 20 or 30 different big airlines to, what, five? You know? Uh, and the cost of uh, a plane ticket isn't any cheaper today than it was five years ago. It's more expensive to fly. I'm flying out of Kansas City this weekend to go to California because it's more cheap. It's cheaper to fly on Spirit Airlines out of Kansas City than it is to fly anywhere in Omaha. They wanted $450 for a ticket in Omaha. I got one for $283 out of Kansas City because there's more competition. What we need is not less competition in the uh, insurance game. We need more uh, competition in the insurance game. But how are we going to do it with 
the Affordable Care Act limiting that, creating all of these big mergers and creating all of these too-big-to-fail insurance companies, it could be that we have a situation, folks, where we have a, 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 the, the, the last two uh, insurance companies standing end up deciding to merge, and we have single payer just through insurance. So we're going to go to break, and we're going to talk a little bit about the insurance mergers that are happening and the mega mergers, and we'll be back with America's Healthcare Challenge on the mighty 1290 coil right after this.